We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hello, welcome back to the Money Matters podcast. Or if this is your first listen, hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Laura Suter and as always with me is Danny Houston. Hi, Danny. Hi, Laura. Hello, everyone. We are recording this at the beginning of January 2024 on the day commonly known as Blue Monday. Although I'm not feeling too blue because the sun is out and it's gorgeous. Are you feeling blue, Laura? I'm a little bit ill, a little bit tired and a little bit cold. So I'm probably on the edge of blue, but it probably could be saved by a nice cup of tea and maybe treating myself to a bit of heating over my lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how feeling warm and having the sun on your face just makes such a huge difference. But financially, Blue Monday is the Monday in January where everybody feels really awful. You know, all of those bills from your Christmas spending, your credit card bill starts to land on the mat. If you've done those buy now, pay later payments, a lot of those start to become due. And if you've got paid before the end of the month, you got paid before Christmas, you're also finding there's an awful lot more month at the end of the money. So for a lot of people, it is really tricky. It is a bit of a grey month, isn't it? Both for people's finances and weather-wise. But we are here to help you fix that, whether that's giving you tips on how to save and how to detox your finances, or whether that's giving you some of the basics so that you can get started investing. We are going to guide you through lots of stuff this year, from saving to investing to pensions. And so over the next few months, we're going to be taking you through some of the investing basics. So answering questions like, like what are the different types of ISA and how do I know which ISA is right for me? We get asked so often, I want to start investing, but I don't know where to start or I don't have the confidence. And we are here to give you that starter guide and confidence this year. And we're also going to look at an issue that many of us have. Certainly, I am in that bunch, which is, of course, loads of us have had different workplace pensions over the years and we've got different bits of pension pots from different jobs and sometimes we don't know where they are we don't know how to get in touch with the people that are managing those funds for us and we don't know if we should pull them all together in one pot and then how to do that consolidate that is the jargon we're going to be dealing with quite a lot of jargon as well trying to make things as straightforward for you as we can And we're going to be bringing you some inspirational investing stories. So bringing to life what investing can do for you. And we'll be talking to a financial advisor about the kind of questions that she gets asked all of the time. But also we want to know all of your questions so that we can get them answered too. From saving to investing to pensions or tax, anything that you want to send over, email them over to hello at ajbellmoneymatters.co.uk and we will get the answers. But for this particular episode, we thought that we would talk portfolios or in simple terms, because I feel like we need a jargon alarm for this one. (laughs) Portfolio, effectively, what it is that you've got in your investment basket. So think about the whole picture, because that basket holds everything from the house that you own or are on your way to owning to your cash savings. Hopefully, we've spoken about this enough, hopefully getting a decent interest rate now 
to stocks and shares, owning little bits of a public company, and bonds, which are like lending cash to companies or governments and getting interest on that loan. And then there are funds which can hold all sorts of different investments and are basically a way for you and lots of other people to pool your money together to invest. But every fund is slightly different. Some are managed by real people, a fund or portfolio manager, and some are what's called a passive investment, which means they're not managed by real humans, but more by robots or computer algorithms, and they track the performance of an index. So for example, the FTSE 100, which is the 100 biggest companies in the UK. And you might hear lots of comments about making sure that you've got a portfolio that is diversified, jargon alert. Basically, it means you don't want all your eggs in one basket. So if something's doing really badly, something else is likely to be doing really well. And you want both things to balance each other out. And another lovely bit of jargon, you'll also hear things like compounding. So that's basically where over time you make money on your money and it gives a real boost to your pot over time. And you'll also hear things like phrases. There's lots of cliches when it comes to investing. And one of them is you don't want to time the market. You want time in the market, which sounds slightly cheesy, but it's basically a fancy way of saying that there's no crystal ball. You can't know when is exactly the right time to buy investments. And often, if you wait for that perfect time, you'll miss out by sitting on the sidelines rather than being in the market. So it's better to not think that you can perfectly time the market because even the professionals struggle to do that right every single time. That is my personal favourite, that one. I love that particular (laughs) phrase. Look, there's an awful lot of complicated words, a lot of complicated phrases. And we know from the research that we did right at the start of this campaign that not understanding, being too embarrassed to ask those questions are one of the biggest barriers to women not investing and creating, of course, that gender investment gap that we talk so much about. Well, that and obviously having the cash to invest in the first place, but even setting aside £25 a month can make a huge difference. And for lots of people, that can be a realistic amount to start with, to find in their budget or forego one of their subscriptions or one of their weekly treats. And that can really help to get you going and get you started on your investing journey. And we know lots of people also say things like, you know, if you just give up a fancy coffee um, so you don't have one every day and you set aside that bit of cash, it soon mounts up and it really does. And it is a huge boost to starting an investing journey. And as Laura says, it is just about getting started. So hopefully we've gone some way to answering some of the questions that you might have always wanted to ask and haven't. Hopefully, we've gone some way to getting your mind ready for our guest this week. We thought, who better to ask how to create a portfolio, how to think about the level of risk that you want to take and when to let go of those investments that you've made than a woman who does the job for a living. I caught up with Caroline Shaw, who is a portfolio manager of Fidelity International's Sustainable Multi-Asset Growth Fund. And I asked her what exactly it is she does for a living. In terms of what I do, I I manage multi-asset portfolios. And multi-asset just means multiple different types of assets. And that can be equities, which are shares in companies, 
That could be bonds, which are effectively loans to companies. But that could also be things like currencies, commodities, things like oil or gold. Um, I can invest in cash, obviously, which is is powerful tools sometimes as well. Um, and alternatives, and that might be things like um, infrastructure or hedge funds. And so from a multi-asset perspective, uh, mixing those things together can lead to really good outcomes for portfolios. But again, dependent on what you're trying to achieve, there are other professional portfolio managers who are very narrow um, and they are looking to maybe only invest in UK equities. So that would be companies based in the UK, listed in the UK. Now, if you think about that portfolio alone, that carries a lot more risk than maybe one of the portfolios that I manage, which is very, very broad and has not only multi, multiple asset classes, which might behave differently, but is also maybe global in nature. So there is a place in certain portfolios for that narrow portfolio, but maybe not on its own. And so, again, it's about what you put in and, and what you mix it with uh, and, and making sure that your uh, the mix that you've chosen is targeting the objectives that you're looking to achieve with the risk that you're looking to take. So for people just starting out, it is about trying to get a really good mix of funds and equities so that they perform differently to offset when things are doing badly, though other things might do better. If you think about mixing a portfolio and you said mixing funds and equities, you can do that, but funds already probably have equities. So it's then really important to know what your funds have in them. Um, and it's it's a really common um, mistake that people make. And it's a really, it's a, it's a common thing I talk to my friends about quite a lot is they say, well, I've, I've got a pension and it's with Standard Life or it's with, um, you know, a, a big insurance company. So I know it's okay. I'm like, well, Yes, that's a good named company, but what are you invested in? And they don't necessarily know what their fund is. And what you hold in that fund is really important because funds have different risks because of what they own. So again, it's about really understanding what you own, what's in it, and going down to the lowest level of what's in it and and understanding that and not being afraid to ask the questions of what have I got and what's in it and why. Uh, because then you can start to understand whether when you look through that fund, you could have 20 funds in your portfolio. But if all 20 funds have got UK equities in them, you still haven't got a diverse portfolio. So ask the questions about what's in it and what's underneath that fund. A multi-asset fund, it's probably going to be well diversified. They nearly always are. But once you get down to single country funds or single asset class funds like equities or or bonds, um, then you've probably got something that's very much more niche and concentrated and you might want to balance it out with something else. Now, you've mentioned risk a couple of times and, and it does play a huge part in people's decision making when it comes to their investments. How should we think about risk? It, it should play an important part. Um, and. I mean, there's, there's, the way the academics think about risk uh, and the way that an, an IFA would talk to you about risk is about willingness and ability to take risk. Um, now, the ability to take risk is about your your size of your assets currently, really, and how much ability you've got to take risk with those. If you're if you're starting with a million pounds and you're 
you're looking to retire in five years time, um, you've got quite a lot of ability to take risk there. Uh, maybe less ability than if you had 20 years time, because you're starting with a million pounds. If you're starting with a thousand pounds, then maybe you'd feel really much more worried about losing some of that. And I, I suppose this then comes to willingness to take risk as well. Uh, and we always, I always like to think about sleep at night, um, the sleep at night approach, because there is nothing worse than losing sleep over an investment that you've got. And that is not what investments are supposed to be. Um, so I always talk to people about sleep at night approaches. Um, you want to be able to go to sleep at night knowing that you're not worried about your investments. That's the least of your worries. Um, so you've got to take an appropriate amount of risk. And so thinking about how much you'd be prepared to lose in monetary terms before that makes you really worry as a person is quite important. You know, lots of people have uh, have saved hard over a period of time and it would it would really upset them if they were to lose some of that. And so that might mean they take less risk than they are able to theoretically because of that worry. And that's okay. I think we've all got to take the amount of risk that is appropriate to us. And it will be different to the risk that your friends might take or your family members might take because it's very personal to you. Investing can be a really emotional thing, particularly if you know, you're know you talking about losing sleep because investments are losing money and you don't think that there's enough time for them to recover. But we also see that people can panic buy or panic sell. If, if they have sort of a, a portfolio, if they've been doing it a while and they're thinking about what to keep, what to let go, what are tips there? Because I would imagine for a lot of people, if an investment is doing really, really well and has been doing really, really well, then keep hold of it. But that might not be the right thing for them. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, you've got to understand your own plan and you've got to stick to it. And it's that discipline that is really key. So you've got to understand why you're invested, what your personal time horizon is, uh, and then you can choose whether you're going to stay invested. Um, and you can also ride out market volatility because you've properly prepared your portfolio. The reason to keep a cool head is that there's some really strong financial reasons for doing so. And I'll, I'll quote you some data um, because it's it's so stark um, why you shouldn't try market time. So Fidelity does some really interesting analysis on missing the market's best days. So if you invested $10,000 in the S&P 500, so that's the top 500 companies in the United States, if you invested that $10,000 in January 1980, you would have got a million dollars by December 2022. So that's 42 years. If you missed just the best five days of the markets, so only five days out, you'd have lost or you'd have had $400,000 less. 400,000. If you'd missed 10, the 10 best days, this is only 10 days out of the market in 42 years, you'd have had less than half. So, it tells us that staying invested is the best discipline. You've got to keep your head and remind yourself of your plan. So panic selling is not the plan because it's actually really hard to have the discipline to get back in. So the key is know why you're invested and stick to your plan. That is an incredible set of statistics there. You obviously do this for a living, but what about your own personal investing journey? How and when did you get started? So I've got my dad to thank for a lot of this. 
Um, I started my career as a civil engineer. Um, so I've changed careers in my late 20s. Um, I followed my dad into civil engineering and built a few roads and bridges in East London, got a bit of a legacy there, but I, I changed. And when I took some time out in my 20s to, to think about changing career, I was living at home for a few months and he's interested in the stock market and we, we got chatting. It was 1999, the tech bubble was booming and I thought finance would be a great place to work. So I changed career and started professionally all over again which I think proves a couple of things. Firstly, that you can have a second career quite plausibly and you can start again and make a success of it. Um, but also, you know, those those conversations you have around and those interests you have in, you know, that you follow and you pursue, they can be, they can be really helpful to help frame the things you then do in life. Can you share some of the sort of key lessons that you've learned? Invest in yourself. Um, for me, that's been really important. So investing in myself in terms of, taking professional qualifications uh, those those things have really helped my investing journey um and, and my career progression i think as well so that investing yourself in in any um career i think is really important um your your financial progression in life uh, is often connected to your career progression so anything you can do to improve yourself by investing in training or experience is is important using your money to enjoy life as well um, whatever that may be for you, you know, there's no point in getting to the end and giving everything away or leaving a huge legacy, but actually regretting things that you didn't do. Caroline Shaw from Fidelity International there. I love what she said about investing in yourself. That is a great takeaway. And actually she retrained while she had very young kids. So hats off to her even more. And it was about kids where her dilemma came about. Take a listen to this one, Laura. So, so my financial dilemma, and it's one that's been living with me now for nigh on 20 years, has been whether to save for my children or not. Um, and I'll put some context around that. So my children were fortunate enough to be born in the time of child trust funds and a small contribution from the government, which meant it sort of forced the issue of where to invest that. I believe it was about £250. Uh, and then the bigger question was whether to top it up. Um, and when your child becomes 18 years old, they own that money. Um, and of course, when they're, when they're two and three years old, they're absolutely adorable, well, some of the time, uh, but you don't know how they're gonna turn out at age 18. And do you want to leave them with a huge cash pot? I think this is a concern that lots of people have when saving in a junior ISA for their kids. It's great that it's locked up until they're 18, but there is that risk when they're 18. You don't know what they're going to be like. I've done the same, save for my daughter in a junior ISA, and I've just got to hope that she's financially responsible and loves the spreadsheet as much as me when she comes to 18, but I fear I might have a bit of a shock in place. Well, I'm afraid I was very much like Caroline when my kids were young enough that I could put money in. I just didn't have the money to put in. And we know that it is really hard. And sometimes, you know, life just does get in the way. Um, but, you know, it, it is a dilemma. And I certainly wish that I had been able to put away, you know, just that £25 a month 
for my kids so that they would have a pot. My daughter turns 18 in September and um, she's going to be very sad. (laughs) But thanks so much for listening to this episode. Do get in touch. As Laura said, we want to hear from you, your questions, ideas of topics that we should be discussing. Email us hello at ajbellmoneymatters.co.uk or you can find us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on The Beast, formerly known as Twitter at AJ Bell Money Matters. As we said earlier, we are going to tackle all of those financial questions over the next few months as we head towards our busiest time of year, which is tax year end. But next time we'll be hearing why investing can be a motivational thing and how it opens up life choices for people. So we'll be hearing from someone who saved and invested, which meant that she could have children via IVF by herself. And she now has two children. So listen next time for that inspirational story, which I hope brings to life the repercussions of investing and moves it away from just pounds and pence and money paid into an account and actually into the different life options it can open up for you. So join us then. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.